One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 37. I'm going to be honest with you and tell you that I've been dragging my heels on doing this episode. From the moment I started brainstorming topic ideas for this podcast, imposter syndrome has been at the top of the list. Because for as much as we can talk about all of the great business strategies and tips in the world, None of that means very much if we don't take any action because we spent too much time listening to the voice in our head that says, who are you to do that? Imposter syndrome is a name for the feeling that we just don't belong or deserve what we have accomplished, like we're going to be discovered to be a fraud. Someone with imposter syndrome believes that they have succeeded and gotten to where they are because of luck, not because they earned it. Valerie Young is an expert on imposter syndrome and has identified patterns in people who experience it. I'm going to quote a summary of the qualities she found consistent in people with imposter syndrome as written in a Time article, which I will link in the show notes. She found that people with imposter syndrome often have some of these qualities. One, they are perfectionists. They set extremely high expectations for themselves. And even if they meet 99% of their goals, they still feel like failures. Any small mistake makes them question their own competence. The second is experts who feel the need to know every piece of information before they start a project and constantly look for new certifications or training to improve their skills. They won't apply for a job if they don't meet all the criteria in the posting, and they might be hesitant to ask a question in class or speak up in a meeting because they're afraid of looking stupid if they don't already know the answer. The third scenario is when the natural genius has to struggle or work hard to accomplish something. He or she thinks this means that they aren't good enough. They are used to skills coming easily, and when they have to put in the effort, their brain tells them that that's proof they are an imposter. Soloists feel they have to accomplish tasks on their own, and if they need to ask for help, they think that means they are a failure or a fraud. And finally, supermen or superwomen push themselves to work harder than those around them to prove that they're not imposters. They feel the need to succeed in all aspects of life, at work, as parents, as partners, and they may feel stressed when they're not accomplishing something. So do you relate to any of these or maybe more than one? I sure do. And my guess is that most of you can relate to at least one of them. In fact, an estimated 70% of people experience imposter feelings at some point. Valerie also points out in this article that factors like institutionalized discrimination can play a major role in imposter syndrome. 
She said, a sense of belonging fosters confidence. The more people who look or sound like you, the more confident you feel. And conversely, the fewer people who look or sound like you, it can and does for many people impact their confidence. So this explains why imposter syndrome is widely experienced in underrepresented groups like women, people of color, LGBTQ people, and more. So here's my very sophisticated opinion about the matter. Imposter syndrome is a jerk. Here are some times that I have felt imposter syndrome. I spent my senior year of college writing a thesis in economics, only to be petrified at my thesis defense in the economics department that everyone was going to figure out I had no idea what I was talking about. In between two of the companies that I spent most of my corporate career at, I had a short stint as an independent marketing and events consultant. But eventually, I went back to corporate working for the company I'd been contracting for because I didn't believe that I could really make a success of myself independently. In my past life in the corporate world, I once gave a presentation at an industry event about marketing. I remember thinking, why am I doing this? Why should anyone listen to me? My role was director of marketing. (laughs) And don't even get me started about how I felt when I was approaching starting this podcast. The reason that all of this matters is this. If we listen to the imposter feelings, imposter syndrome will hold us back. We won't apply for that job because we don't feel qualified. We won't submit our names to speak at the conference because why would they want us to come speak? We won't celebrate what we accomplish because it's all just a fluke and sometime soon everyone will find out. So this is the point in the episode when you may be expecting me to say, Okay, so here's a proven three-step process for eradicating imposter syndrome. Well, my friend, I have some bad news and some good news. The bad news is, if you're trying to do something big in the world and you're stretching yourself and pushing yourself, there's most likely no getting rid of imposter syndrome. The good news is, there are some strategies you can use to stop letting imposter syndrome run the show. And even if you do experience imposter syndrome, you can still go on to do the things that you want to do. We all know Maya Angelou. She won a Pulitzer Prize, a Tony Award, three Grammys, and even the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Can we all agree that Maya Angelou knew what she was doing? Well, here's what she had to say on the topic of imposter syndrome. I have written 11 books, but each time I think, "Uh uh-oh, they're going to find out now. I've run a game on everybody, and they're going to find me out. So what can we do in the face of imposter syndrome? One of the most important truths I've learned as a small business owner, and that I'm continuously learning, is you can feel fear, you can feel feelings like imposter syndrome, and take action anyway. This episode is called, Who Are You to Do That? Getting Friendly with Imposter Syndrome, because we really do need to get comfortable living our lives side by side with voices that may not always be helpful. I remember listening to Elizabeth Gilbert speak once, and I'm paraphrasing, but what she said is that she has gotten used to living her creative life with fear, which is really what imposter syndrome comes down to. She doesn't try to fight the fear at this point. She just looks at it and says, hello, fear, you can sit in the passenger seat and I'll hear you out, but I will be driving this car. A few tips on lessening the impact of imposter syndrome. The first is to talk about it. I've been surprised to learn how widespread imposter syndrome is. 
even the people who seem to be the best of the best at what they do, like Maya Angelou, experience it. Hearing from others who also feel this way is helpful. We can also stop comparing ourselves. The author Iyanla Van Zant said that comparison is an act of violence against the self. Keep your eyes on your own lane. Finally, we can celebrate and recognize our accomplishments and successes. High achievers can sometimes default to focusing on what we lack or what we don't know rather than what we do. And here's the grand finale of these tips and probably the most helpful thing I have to say on the topic of imposter syndrome. This is also the message that ties this whole conversation back to the purpose of this podcast, which is exploring how small businesses can make an impact on the world. The most powerful way I have found to combat imposter syndrome is to focus on the impact I want to make. The people's lives I want to change or the impact on the world at large that my business can contribute to. When I get out of my head and stop thinking about me and who am I and what will people think, I can focus on the change I'm aiming to create. If you want to do something that will help make the world better, you can either let this inner chatter run the show that tells you that you're not good enough or who are you, or you can move forward anyway and take action on the things that you know will contribute to a better world. Focusing on the impact you want to make, the reason behind why you do what you do, is a really powerful way of making it less about you and more about the results you're working to create. And imposter syndrome has a hard time competing with that. So here's the cliff notes on this imposter syndrome conversation. Imposter syndrome is when we feel like we aren't qualified, don't deserve our accomplishments, or are going to be discovered to be a fraud. The majority of people experience imposter syndrome, including super high achievers like Maya Angelou. There is no guaranteed way to eliminate imposter syndrome, but you can experience it and move forward anyway. And the best way to combat imposter syndrome is to focus on the impact you want to make, the change you are working to create, instead of focusing on yourself. I also want to emphasize this about imposter syndrome. If you experience it, you're in really good company. Most of us who push ourselves to try new things and move to new levels experience it. And as I mentioned, one of the best ways to combat it is to name it and to talk about it with people who get it. On that note, I would like to invite you to join my Facebook community for this podcast, The Good Business Community. Head to makinggoodpodcast.com slash community, and that will redirect you to the group. Or head to Facebook and search Good Business Community. You can find links to resources mentioned in this episode at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 37. If this is your first time tuning in and you're interested in hearing more about my businesses, check out my plant-inspired stationery company, Good Sheila at goodsheila.com or Seattle retail shop Station 7 at station7seattle.com. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.